What's going on, everyone? Sinetralize here, and welcome back to this interview podcast. I believe this is episode 11. This actually marks our one-year anniversary of doing the podcast, so that's pretty cool. Um, but we have a wonderful guest here, someone who I've honestly watched for a long time. Um, his name is Thundershot. He used to be Thundershot69. Uh, he has 58k followers on Twitch, as well as over 2,000... Well, obviously more than 2,000, 200,000 subs on the main YouTube channel. How's it going, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Good to be here. Hey, it's, it's always good to have you here. Um, So, of course, just in case if anyone doesn't know you, just give like a, a quick rundown of, of what you do and whatnot. Sure. Um, I started off doing YouTube and like Sin mentioned, the main YouTube channel, which is Dragon Ball themed. I don't really do that anymore. We got that up to 200,000 subs and then I moved over. I've got a another youtube channel now and it's basically just an archive for my twitch streams and that's mostly what i do i stream variety on twitch i play games with friends i stream games that are new horizon just came out i played a lot of legends rcs uh i like pokemon a lot um i'm more into rom hacks and stuff though uh but yeah i just almost i will stream almost any genre of game and that's that's what i've been doing for the last few years yeah that that's definitely something that that i've seen like since i like started watching you over on twitch because i think like the the most memorable part for me when I first started watching was I think you're I think you're playing until dawn or something like that that was like five plus years ago at this point I was on release yeah I was it was a minute yeah that that was a launch day thing and and I was like all right so Twitch is a thing now because like the funny thing is like Twitch was something that like I never thought about until like until, I had. Like, so sorry to cut you off. I had like two YouTubers, one or two YouTubers. I watched a lot. They were Call of Duty guys. They were COD YouTubers, but they started streaming on Twitch, but I liked them so much. I'm like, yeah, I'll check out the website. I'll see what it's about. And you know how it is. It takes forever to get people, myself included, like interested enough in a different website to make an account and actually, you know, go the extra mile to get on it or whatever. But I finally made a Twitch because of them. And then because of that, like through them, I found speedrunners and stuff. But then when I inevitably started like, I want to live stream too. That looks like fun. I had a whole untapped, like, Dragon Ball crowd that had mostly never heard of Twitch, so I, like, kicking and screaming drug a lot of people over to Twitch. But, yeah, I don't, not to, like, toot my own horn or anything, but I still have a lot of people who come back to me like, yeah, I, you're the guy, you're, you're the reason I signed up for Twitch in the first place, because you just, there was a whole, it was so long ago, there was just a whole group of people that hadn't really heard about it yet when I started moving over there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I knew, like, of Twitch, like, when I was a bit younger, because one of my buddies was like, oh, I'm going to try streaming on this site called Twitch or whatever. I, I don't know if it was Justin TV at the time or not. Like, I've had my username, like, since then, and somehow I remembered my login information. And I was like, hey, you know what? Whatever. It is what it is. I'll, I'll start watching. Let's see, let's see what this is about. And, like, but yeah, like, pretty much what I've known you for, of course, is, like, your Dragon Ball stuff. I know that like you started like especially popping off. I think it was during the um what was it Battle of Z? Was that what it was? Yeah, I kind of the pop-offs sort of came in waves with the games in the beginning. Um but yeah, Battle of like I don't know if you want the life story or not, but uh when I started a YouTube channel, I like I said I was watching Call of Duty guys. So I actually started off making Call of Duty videos and then when you're a new channel, you can kind of goof around and just do whatever you want and keep throwing stuff at the wall, see what sticks. And I made Dragon Ball games. Were not, there had not been a recent Dragon Ball game in a while. 
and I made a Dragon Ball video just talking about what I wanted in the next game. And that video I got, it got 3,000 views in like three months. And then in five months, it got 8,000 views. And that was huge. And I was like, you know what? There might be something here. So I stuck to Dragon Ball. And then I got lucky. Battle of Z comes out. The movie comes back. The anime comes back. You know, Xenoverse, yada, yada. And I just, I was able to bounce off those really well. Yeah, that that, that actually answers one of the questions I was going to ask was how you got like started on YouTube. So that, that pretty much just summed it up for me in a nutshell. <clears throat> if I'm allowed to go back a step further, there was a guy I was in school with. Um whose name I'm not going to say because I don't fully support the kind of content he makes now, but mm-hmm. uh, he kicked... Well, he was a good guy last time I talked to him. I'll, I'll put it that way. I haven't talked to the guy in years. I don't want to say I'm good or bad about him. But uh, anyway, he actually had YouTube videos and he was going, and I was on one of his YouTube live streams, and he was like, if you're ever going to make a channel and start plugging it, do it now. So I I started off with like 200 subs out of the gate, but it was people who didn't really care about Call of Duty because we weren't doing Call of Duty stuff. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I had a weird got my foot under me but i got lucky in that both on youtube and twitch i never really had that very 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 beginning phase which in my opinion is the hardest where you don't have any viewers where you know you're sitting there and you're like sub five viewers sub eight viewers whatever uh trying to get your feet under you um i got to skip that part on on both platforms thankfully so what you're saying is that it's almost like a video game and you just decide to skip the skip the tutorial part (sighs) no because the tutorial like I don't know if you ever stop going through the tutorial on the internet. I think I think there's always new stuff. Maybe not always, but like I spent the first few years at least. I I probably didn't have a grasp on YouTube fully until the like after I'd stopped doing it and moved fully to Twitch. And Twitch is constantly changing, so I, f- I feel like you're always learning in this stuff. Yeah, exa- um, exactly. There's the, there's always like a new meta that's going on. Like like at at one point there was there was the hot tub meta, and then and currently right now it's like literally just watching tv shows and anime and whatnot so that's been my problem with twitch and why i've been really thankful i I hit another growth just because i've been playing a lot of games with friends and we're just we all have a very good time together and i think that shows so i've been i've been hitting another like spike recently both me personally and then our group as a whole but i right before then i was having a really tough time with twitch because i i don't do react content i barely watch react content. moon is the only moon monkey is the only uh react content streamer i'll watch when he reacts because he just does it so different he'll like make anime intros for when he watches hell's kitchen and stuff and it's uh, it's it's really good but other than that i don't like react content myself and i really don't like doing i've done it before but i really don't like doing it i learned after doing it for a couple weeks yeah. i was just like that's it's not for me so i i struggle with twitch for a little bit there yeah i find that like the meta's only good for people who are like or like way out there that have a contract where they have to hit X amount of hours. But but for someone who's just like not contracted, can just do whatever, I, I feel like playing like games and all that is probably the better thing. But at the same time, I don't really know the meta of Twitch that, that well for the most part. All I know is people started getting banned and they're still towing the line at this point. Yeah, so basically Twitch doesn't want any streamers looking watching dmca stuff on stream but twitch has put themselves in a spot legally where they can't interfere they, they can't be the ones to tell you no because if twitch comes in and they tell somebody no like you can't stream hell's t- kitchen and twitch says that not a dmca company or anything if twitch says that then on a legal standpoint if they ever get sued that's a point in time where twitch has basically claimed responsibility they kind of admitted like it is our job we do have to stop them so if these companies start suing them twitch gets sued Right now, they've backed all the way out of it. And they say, hey, if you want this guy's stuff taken down, you know, if you, if you want him to stop watching Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen's going to have to DMCA 
uh, the streamer. And then we'll punish him and we'll, you know, we'll give him the old slap on the wrist or the three-day ban or the indefinite ban, depending. Um, but it's your job to do that, not ours. So that, like, they're staying back to protect themselves legally. But on the inside, they're kind of sitting there screaming, please stop watching DMCA stuff. Please stop watching. Because they can still get sued anyway. I don't know. It's, yeah, they're, exactly. They're in a weird spot. Like, the only way that they would possibly be able to, like, do any, like, stepping in in a sense is almost going similar to like the youtube route with with like an automated system or something like that with like create content ids is that what it's called yeah yeah and we used to collectively bash the hell out of youtube because for a while they did a similar thing where they just either stayed completely off of it or when they did put in their content id bot it hit everything and it always favored the company even if the company was fake or someone was pretending to be the company like it favored them every single time. So that system was awful for a while. And I feel like even though it still makes mistakes, looking back on it now, like it is in such a better spot than Twitch is as far as content ID goes. YouTube just has that stuff so much more figured out because you can dispute it. If you win the dispute, like they put money in holding so it doesn't just go to them. Like if you win the dispute, it comes back to you. YouTube's got it way more figured out. Mm-hmm. And Twitch has needed something like this for a while, but they won't do it because of the hole they wrote themselves into. And it's weird because they knew this was coming. They knew DMCA was going to catch up to them eventually. And just for years, they just ignored it. And they're like, oh, it'll be fine. Yeah, that, that was definitely something that like YouTube has, but Twitch doesn't. But And Twitch also has things that YouTube doesn't, which kind of makes them like kind of like fight against each other for like what people want. <laughs> Cause, how like, is, I don't want to flip the interview or anything, but how is streaming on YouTube going? I know you made that switch yeah. a few months back now. Yeah, I did that in November. I, I honestly, I feel a lot better streaming over on YouTube than than I did on Twitch. I feel like on Twitch, I was hitting that point where there just wasn't any more growth. I was I was just stuck at like two, three viewers at a time. Um, but now since I moved over to YouTube, since I have a like a smaller following there, I my my mind wraps itself around. Like, all right, it's fine for me to have three viewers or or whatever, and like, it it feels better in a sense. But at the same time, there's always parts of me that just misses Twitch because of the like Twitch community aspect. Because like that's something that YouTube just doesn't have figured out completely. So this is something I noticed. I'm I'm gonna assume this is what comment sections looks like look like on YouTube live streams because I kind of seen it. I don't know if you. Uh, we're around the knot, but I'll just give the whole story. Nano brought me and a couple of friends out. Nano did a uh, 24-7 nonstop live stream, um, and he was up for like two weeks. He live streamed for like two weeks straight. It was a big old subathon thing that he did nonstop. And then like, so he called us in, so like I would come in and I would handle the night shift, and they would come out, and then we all would eat stuff together. But Nano has a very, very, very large YouTube following, and in a similar sense to me, but on a much bigger scale. When he goes live on Twitch, he brings a lot of people over, but he brings a lot of people over who have only who only know YouTube, even still to this day. So mm-hmm. when they come over to Twitch, you'll see commenters, and I don't know, maybe this is what YouTube streaming is like, maybe it's not, but you'll see commenters who, they're not a community like you said, they're not talking to anybody, they're talking at you. It's like they're leaving a YouTube comment. But mm-hmm. one thing that I noticed with them in particular, because Nano's got you know hundreds or thousands of people watching them at any given moment, and a lot of them are chatting, is nobody, like, almost nobody ever even thought to talk to each other. They were all always 100% of the time trying to get the streamer's attention and trying to get the streamer to answer. But it was just, like, it was kind of a weird shift from my chat, which is very, very Twitch integrated now, to go into that one where it's they're just always talking at you. And it, it felt weird to me, but yeah, I don't that, know if that's how it is. That's definitely something 
to be taking into consideration, especially if you do have that following on YouTube. I think for me, it was a more smoother transition for me because, like, the people who, uh, the following that I did have over on Twitch that that came over, they still talk like amongst each other, but I definitely do see those moments where it does feel like they're they're just talking, trying to talk to you and really only you and not chatting amongst themselves. But I I have heard like my my chat doesn't pop it as much as like other people's but but what i've seen is like twitch has like with their chat they have like a set like a half second or something like that where like it it won't just like where it'll just feed like some of the comments or whatever and youtube is just completely going and people have made the comparison that it's easier to read xqc's chat than it is someone who has 5,000 people watching over on YouTube. You're talking like at, at the top of the top where people are getting a bunch of comments at once. I, I think I get what you mean because Twitch yeah. actually has a delay, whether it's intended or not. It, that the, the chat UI has that lag to it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so you'll get, you'll get a whole page of XQC comments that you can read for maybe half a second, but then you skip two pages of comments because it reloads up to the new fresh page but yeah no i i get what you mean in that i don't think that's anything i'm gonna have to worry about anytime soon but yeah i yeah exactly I get what you're saying yeah i definitely see like both sides of like the youtube and twitch sort of situation i just saw youtube was more what i wanted to focus on because i also found like when i was streaming on twitch i would want to make less content for youtube but because I'm streaming on YouTube, it, it it immediately puts me into content brain and think I need to be on all the time. Twitch, it, it I I pretty much just feel like I just like relax and just go about my own thing. I don't feel I think amped up, amped I think I've struggled with I've struggled with that since I started live streaming. Um, I'm always torn. I I always bounce back and forth between uh, do I want to go live for like two to four hours? And try to just get, you know, like the most pristine T-Shots live, you have to be here content. Or do I want to go live like 8 to 10 hours a day and do a lot more relaxed stuff? Like like when I was playing Arceus, I was just maxing out the decks. I was just maxing mm -hmm. out the decks. So it's like that's not the most pristine, like you have to be here T-Shots live. It's going to be entertaining content. It's just us kind of shooting the shit and we're, we're chatting and sort of doing our thing while I complete the Pokedex in the background. Um, and I know like, I don't know, I'm, I'm always torn on that. I'm always because like there are times when I want to stream more, but I want to stream stuff that I know isn't going to be like premium stuff. And then it's like I could be live right now or like when I get addicted to League of Legends, I'll play League of Legends for like three days straight. And I'll be like, I could just be live while I'm playing League in the background, but it might kill my channel because people aren't coming out because it's League. I don't know. But yeah, that's something yeah. I've never quite figured out. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that's always a show. It's it's always super hard trying to find like that balance for it as well. Like like there there's like typically what I do is like once once a week because i i try to stream like three times a week for like about three hours or something like that i always i always try to put in the effort of like one of the streams being a more like laid back just like grinding type of stream but trying to like keep like the consistent audience whether it's playing like the same game or or whatnot um because obviously you don't really worry too much about that because you do variety for yourself but and like you kind of understand it though from like doing doing your doing your your YouTube channel from from all the other Dragon Ball because you know that's 
what you, you mainly had to focus on for that. Yeah. Yeah, when I stopped doing it, took me a long time to realize that I was kind of done with Dragon Ball. And because I was done with Dragon Ball, I kind of had to be done with that channel because that channel was 100% cultivated to Dragon Ball fans. And if I did non-Dragon Ball content, a very small percentage of them carried over. Even if the content I was doing, was, is my opinion, was really good and really entertaining, they didn't care because, like, Goku wasn't in it or whatever. And at first, I I blamed them for that, but the longer time went on, I'm like, no, they were just, that's what they were here for. They weren't fucking with me. They were fucking with that, which is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, but I learned. And then when I went over to Twitch, like, yeah, I brought some people, like I said, I, I got over that, like, initial hump. I think I started with 20, 30 people watching me on Twitch. Like I said, skips the hardest part, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, once you have people who are like regular viewers and chatters and whatnot. So while I did get to skip that, I basically had to cultivate an entire new audience uh, ground up past that point because I needed people who were going to be, you know, like they, they're there for me. They're there for whatever I'm playing. Which, that gets into the, to the whole variety debate versus if you play one thing. Um... Because it's a lot easier to keep. As long as it's still relevant, like Pokemon or League of Legends or whatever is always going to be relevant. As long as it's still relevant, it's a lot easier to keep an audience when you're playing that same thing that they're there for the whole time. It's a lot harder to grow an audience on variety. But when you do grow an audience on variety, like I have a lot of people who are loyal like to me, like to what I'm doing. You know, it doesn't, doesn't matter what game I fire up the day. I know a certain number of people are going to come out and watch because they're, they're fucking with me, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. Like another example I use a lot for like when it comes to like variety and having that community that's specifically there for them is I I'm I'm pretty sure you know him, Ben, Benjamin Ten. Yeah. Yeah, he like whenever he streams, his community's like always there. He has his like thirty, forty plus people. And then and then pretty much what happens with him I find is he'll he'll be hooked on one game for so long that that he'll start building an audience around that game, and then he switches, and it just go, goes back down to where it is. But he always has that like initial core group of people that's always there for his streams, just like you do at this point as well. Yeah, and I feel like even the way Ben's doing it, you'll build up a lot over time. Because even if he starts at 30 or 40, if he gains 10, 20 people average throughout the uh, him playing that game, when he switches, if even one or two of them stick, you know, that's one or two more regulars, and then you just keep, keep it going. Yeah, exactly. It's all about grinding for when it comes to being a content creator, just in general as well. Um, there, there actually was something I wanted to mention. I know that that like you don't really do much Dragon Ball content anymore or at all, but I feel like you're probably still into Dragon Ball somewhat. So I kind of wanted to know know what what your thoughts are on the new uh, Super movie that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, so I'm still in the loop. I actually I started, I picked up the Shonen Jump app, and I, I caught up on My Hero, and I'm reading Demon Slayer now, so I have the ability, it's caught my eye a few times, like, I catch up on Super Manga, because I know Super's been out, but, like, I'm, I'm still friends with, uh, you know, Rhyme Style and, and Dotto and Dion and everybody, so, like, I, yeah. I'm i in the loop. Whether I want to be or not, I'm in the loop, and I, I do want to be. Um, mm -hmm. So I haven't watched, I don't think, the latest full trailer on the movie. I've seen a trailer. But I think they just came out with some new news the other day or whatever. Anyway, I've seen Twitter, and it sounds a lot like it's going to be a Gohan-related movie. And there's going to be a lot of Piccolo in it. And I'm looking forward to that a lot. I've always been a Gohan guy, even though he's a nerd now. Yeah. Um, and I just saw that they aged up Goten and Trunks finally. So everything there looks positive. Yeah. Everything there. I... And I don't know if you've seen that game or not. They, they did the beta. I didn't get it. Well, I got into the beta. I didn't play the beta. I didn't feel like playing it. But uh, they got that Dragon Ball Ball Breakers game coming out which is it's going to be like a friday the 13th slash dead by daylight style kind of sort of 
but you're going to be being hunted by like Cell and Majin Buu and shit while they try to get their new forms and stuff. It, that that looks really badass. Probably going to play that a lot. Yeah, I saw that and I like the, the first thing that popped in my head was like, this is just glorified hide and seek. Like that was the first thing that popped into my head. I I haven't really seen much gameplay of it. I think I saw like maybe like one video from either Rhyme or Nano, but that was really about all that I saw for it. Have you played uh have you played Friday the thirteenth or Dead by Daylight at all? I haven't. I have Dead by Daylight, but I don't trust my computer to run anything. I really I'm due for an upgrade. No, that's fair. The concept is just they drop a monster in, and in Dead by Daylight, for example, you there's you have to turn on like five generators, and when you turn on five generators, you can open up the doors that let you out. So the whole time you're running and hiding, and you're placing traps for the bad guy that you hope you can run him into, and you're just trying to duck him, and it is, it's glorified hide-and-seek, uh, while they're trying to kill you the whole time. And then the killers all have different powers and stuff like that. And then the Friday the 13th, it's Jason, obviously, there's different forms of Jason, but you're trying to go through houses, you search through houses and try to get like gas for the car and you put the car battery back in it and then you can start it up and drive away but that's kind of the concept and, and ball breakers looks like a very similar thing except it's so much cooler because it's going to be you know it's going to be cell cell starts out at his larva form and then he goes first second perfect and then i think it's all frieza forms and then all majin boo forms so yeah this one's different because from what i in dead by daylight you don't really get upgrades as the killer but in this one like you're going to be going around killing npc people you can find and like eating them or whatever to get to your next form and then every time you hit another form you get stronger so you're better at hunting the the humans that like the real player humans it looks cool yeah just you describing it it sounds like it would be a really solid game actually like especially if there are like the npcs that you can like hunt down to get stronger as well there's going to be definitely some sort of meta when playing that game for sure easily yeah it's it's an anime game, so you never know, because it feels like with games like this, it might come out and have one, like, weird meta thing or one game-breaking thing that just ruins it, so it's always iffy, but, like, Dead by Daylight was when it came out, and even, I think they cleaned it up in the last year or so, but it was an incredibly buggy game. I think it was an indie company that dropped it. Friday the 13th was a, begin was a really buggy game from the day it came out to the day it died, and then this one's being made by an anime company, so, well, it, I don't know how the bugs are going to look, but you know how it is with anime games, like... If if you rate a if you rate a regular AAA video game, you like you rate it, you know, this Horizon, you know, the New Horizons ten out of ten, nine out of ten, whatever. Like, but when you rate an anime game, you're like, okay, this game is a seven out of ten for an anime game because I feel like they're on different scales because they're almost always just not comparable to what's in the current market. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like other than the fact that it's heavily boosted by it's an anime, so your favorite characters are in it, so you're gonna like it more on, on that aspect, I guess. Yeah, it's just like when they when they tried doing Jump Force and then they they posted that that it's done. They're like, nope, no more. That game came and went so fast. <laughs> it really they were did. They were trying to push DLC out for it when it died. Then they were like, oh, I guess that's it. Yeah, they're like, well, we're done. We're just going to close it all now. Clearly, it did not turn out very well. Like, like I saw like gameplay for like that game. I thought about picking it up just for memes, and I was like, you know, it's not even worth my money. Jump Force to me was fun if you got like a group of friends who all were either, who all were not good at Jump Force, and then you played together. Or like if some of you got okay, like you had to be around the same skill level, but like if you just wanted to pick up Jump Force in the late phase and pop online, you're going to get people who had never stopped playing Jump Force since it came out. Yeah. And then, yeah. It's... 
is yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, that's pretty much that, that's how it works with like a lot of games too. Like especially like once the game's been dead for a while, you hop on and you're like, "Why are you guys still playing this?" It's the only people left are people who never stopped. So like it's this happens with fighting games a lot too. I feel like, but just there's a, there's a lot of games in general, typically ones with smaller communities. Um, game comes out, everybody gets on, people wean off over the course of the next three to six months. And then the only people left are the people who never stop. So everybody left is just really, really good for the most part. So anybody new coming in is just going to show up and just get rolled and be like, okay, this game sucks. And then they bounce. And I think that's how a lot of games end up dying. And I don't know a proper way to mitigate that or fix that, but that's kind of how it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I also find like content creators can also be like a pretty, pretty decent like make or break for a game as well. Cause like if the creators aren't vibing with it and then they don't want to play it, then their audience will either not know about it or they're going to be like, well, if this effects person doesn't like it, then I probably won't. The first, uh, the first community manager we've had, we've gone through three since then. The first community manager we had when Ryan and I started talking to Bandai Namco about games uh, around the time Xenoverse 1 came out. Um, really cool guy, but he, he kept telling, he would tell us and he would tell Japan and like the higher-ups, he kept saying, like, yeah, this game would not have popped off this game would not have popped off as well as it did if these guys were not making videos on it. So he was all for trying to... Because Japan is very, uh, I don't know, set in the old school ways. They they didn't like the idea of working with YouTubers at all. And he had to keep hammering and be like, no, it's doing well because they're making videos. Let them make videos. Let me give them codes and stuff. But like he, he had to really fight for that. But he, he credited us with a lot of what it was. Because some of our videos were getting like a million plus views for people who might not have otherwise known that a Dragon Ball game even came out recently, you know? so Yeah, exactly. I agree with what you're saying 100%. Like content creation can really bump a game up like a grand theft auto uh rockstar doesn't even like that people do role play but grand theft auto like grand theft auto 5 would have been fine online even up to this point like it would have been okay but i feel like rp bumped pc sales so much and then- oh it a hundred percent did like um i know that like there was a lot of people who were like bitching about how bad like the online was like when they did go online just because it was filled with like slurs and all that other stuff and people hacking and and like the whole nine yards but like what as soon as um gta 5 like felt like it was going downhill a little bit people started doing the rp and then it just started to skyrocket back up yeah even now we were talking about the twitch meta earlier um one thing i notice is among us to an extent but grand theft auto 5 roleplay uh and even like league of legends they all spike when the meta, whatever, like if there's no current Twitch meta, if the current Twitch meta is kind of on the way of fizzling out, those are the games that pop up until a new meta shows up. Um, mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto RP was big, and then Among Us came out, and Among Us blew up. And then when Among Us started to die, Grand Theft Auto RP caught another wave. And then watching Hell's Kitchen became the wave. Or, you know, just react content in general. But every big streamer's watched Hell's Kitchen at this point, and it's, it's dipped off, and there's not like... Like, if you're into single-player games, like, you know, Co-Carnage, you're big single-player. Dan's Games, you're big single-player guys. Like, they're playing, you know, like, Horizon and shit like that. But uh, for the people who just kind of ride the metas, the Watching Hell's Kitchen meta is also trailed off a little bit. And you're seeing Grand Theft Auto Five spark, uh, spike again. Yeah, exactly. I find, like, especially when it comes to, like, video game metas now, a lot of it does end up revolving around multiplayer-esque games. Because, like... Of course, like when you're playing with other creators, they're they're on at that point as well. So there's just like that that mixture of like communities and all that stuff as well. Like especially when it came to um, uh, Among Us, for example, that was like 
massive because they're like, oh, they're playing with X person. They're playing with X person. And it was just a massive shit show of people all together at once. I was like, I can't follow this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like what? Wasn't there like at one point like wasn't Ryan part of one of those like massive lobbies or some shit? And Ryan played one with uh, Ninja and I think Pokemon. I played one with Critical and mm-hmm. some ordinary gamers and and uh, Andrew Hugby's. Okay. Like, yeah, there was there was a big mesh. Yeah, uh, a, cu- a couple big lobbies where people. I don't know how we wound up in half of them, but yeah, a couple big <laughs> lobbies were. A lot of sweet talking. That's what it was. <laughs> I don't uh, think so. I don't remember who Rhyme knew that got him into the ninja game. That might have been a Twitch invite thing, actually, on how they all ended up there. I don't remember yeah. how that one worked. Yeah. I, I, I ended up playing with Critical because I know uh, Andrew Hugby's. He has a YouTube channel, but I watched him when he, had, when he did different content before, and I still watch him now. He does a podcast with him. But he was like, hey, I'm in, a, I'm in a group of guys from Among Us. And we had always talked about playing a game together, and Among Us was just the perfect time for that. Yeah. And that's just Andrew's friends with all them. But that's how I got into that one. Yeah, I I know that they've definitely tried following like metas as well, especially when you when you were doing the um your own GTA RP server. I think it was like the Squad RP or something like that. Yeah, that's uh that's still alive and well. By the way, it's uh, oh, the it? numbers are actually looking pretty good. Right and on. so it's been an alpha slash you could probably call it in beta now. I don't know. It's been an alpha since it came out. Uh, the one year anniversary is in April, and sometime soon, maybe not by the anniversary, but hopefully not too long after. Uh, we're officially out of alpha and kicking it into 1.0. So we're, we're going to start hyping that up again a bunch because uh, I'm probably going to dive back into it head first. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Balwin and I made that, and then we brought in people who run it better than us, and then we brought in admins and stuff, and it's it kind of became its own thing, and we didn't have to watch over it 24-7 anymore, which is great. And yeah, that, that server's still going. Yeah, like, I know that I'm in that, like, Discord and whatnot, and, like, part of me is, like, I, I want to join because, you know, content... But then at the same time for me, I'm like, I'm for some reason, I just get super anxious about it. And I'm like, what if I don't RP good? I'm going to get banned. No, no, no. You don't. You wouldn't get banned for bad RP. You would get banned for like meta game and all that. Yeah. Like if you're not breaking any rules and you're not intentionally like like being malicious or, you know, just doing anything. You know what I mean? We have we have a, a community that has. Our community's introduced a lot of people to roleplay. Um, a lot of people who hadn't RP'd before this, and it, it just eases them in. I think the hard part is just getting in that first day, getting you know maybe getting a group of people that your character is comfortable standing with, um, and then figuring it out from there. Knowing what you want to do helps a lot. But yeah, I'm yeah exactly. I'm I'm pushing a lot for the 1.0 because uh, like we're gonna hype that up again, and like I don't know, I'm pretty sure we're gonna be maxed out in queue. Like that lobby's gonna be full. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Like, the the fact that it's been almost a year, like, it doesn't feel like it's been a year. It feels like it's maybe been six months since since that even started. It feels like it's been a year to me. I guess, like, I was putting in, like, days of work before it happened. I put in... I was basically on that thing nonstop the first two months it was out. Like, because I, I was the... Nobody else was there for it, so I had to be the I had to be the police chief. And, like, you have to keep the town running. So that was, that was my job for a while. And it was, uh... Whew, it was... It, it was, was a lot. lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I aged three years in the first three months of that server <laughs> being out. Just trying to keep it going. But I mean we made something that works, so Yeah, I think I'm starting to see a few gray hairs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I pulled one out of my beard the other day. I had a midlife crisis right then and there. 
Yeah, my, my fiance's actually been starting to get a couple gray hairs, and I start laughing at her because she's like a few months younger than me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting here, I've gotten like maybe like one or two gray hairs, but they've just ended up in the mustache. I'm like, oh, boop, gone. How old are you? Uh, 26. Oh, shit. All right. How old? Are, I don't even know old, how old you old are. Young actually. For the grays. <laughs> Uh, I am. I'm 28. Got you by a little bit. Yeah, only by like two years. It's not. It's not too much. Been on the internet for fucking ever, so you know. Yeah, that's about right. I, cause like, cause like now that I think about it, I've pretty much been watching you since before I was like 20, which is I can't even imagine. It always blows my mind when people say that. People be like, "Oh my god, T-shirt, I watched you right when I got into high school, and now I have a wife and kid." And it's like, no, you don't. Shut up. Like, there's no. I I was I was hanging out in your streams and watching your videos when I was a goddamn rapper. Oh shit! I you know what I remember that I remember you talking about yeah. the getting radio time and stuff. Yeah, exactly. That 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 was one thing that like stuck out to me. I was like, I can't believe I was actually doing that shit. God damn it. <laughs> um, so I feel so, like if if you ever were gonna do stuff like that, like that's. Early twenties, pre twenty, like pre pre twenty to early twenties is when you, it's when you try it, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. That's when you go for it. I don't. I don't think there's any, you know, harm or shame or anything in, in doing stuff like that. That's how I ended up on YouTube, but yeah, exactly. Like, er, like early, it's like mid twenties is like the latest when trying to like I find to be getting it, trying to get into content creation. But I mean, some some people can be like thirty plus and figure out their niche like immediately, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. I think it helps a lot. I, th- I think there's, I wouldn't say let age ever deter you from this. I think if you, I think if anything, the older you are, the more prepared you are because at everybody who gets into this, like I got into this when I was, I, I tried once when I was 17 and then I went back again when I was 19 and that's the one that stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like when you're 19, you know, you're moved out, you're in college or you're not, but either way you're, you're broke as all hell and you're trying to make, you know, you're trying to make, youtube work on that front i feel like even somebody getting into it when they're 30 32 35 whatever at that point you've probably had a job for a while you probably have something that resembles a savings you can probably afford to get yourself a nice computer a nice mic find out what you want to do uh your brain's developed enough to where you can study up on what you want to do and probably not say anything stupid you'll regret um 10 years later yeah i have so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so many videos I've gone back in private because it's just like it's not even that what I said was like necessarily like bad. It's just like oh my god, I hate that I said that. I don't know. It's just yeah, exactly. Like but... I know like there's like there's been like so many streamers and just YouTubers in general that have been canceled for the stupid shit they said when they were like ten years prior, and and you're and then every single time that happens, I'm like they were they were like teenagers and shit like. It was how YouTube and all that was like at the time. Like, I I always find like cancel culture is just a little bit much at this point. I don't know. I I deb- I feel like I debate with myself every other day on if like how real cancel culture is. Um, mm-hmm. because all that really boils down to is somebody said something that somebody else didn't like, and I, I'm not a huge fan of people getting offended for other people on their behalf, but like. Like, if I said something, for example, okay, so when I started YouTube, a couple words that were in my vocabulary that are not anymore are two of the R words, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't do that anymore. But if somebody were to go into, like, one of my old videos and be like, hey, 
you said this that upsets me. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be your fan anymore. Even if they tweeted it out, like basically all I could do is like publicly apologize and just say like, I said those, I haven't said those in like over five years because it's not, you know, that I, I realized the mistake and I don't do it anymore. And if you quit messing with me because of that, then you quit messing with, with me because of that, because you don't get to pick who you hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. But I would want to put it out there that like I you know I'm changed I'm different if you see that and you're still with me cool but if you're not like I can't really be upset at anybody for something like that getting to them like oh I didn't know I watch this guy every day and that really you know what I mean that, that's that's mm-hmm. how it is that's how it is but yeah exactly I, I think even if that were to come up I don't think I would be canceled because I mean there's people who Say I don't want to name names or anything <laughs> but they're like I'm, I'm not naming names but there's, there's been people who have like had legitimate like it's out there that they like sexually assaulted somebody and you'll get people who were in their responses and they're like oh everybody makes mistakes kings it's okay everybody makes mistake king it's okay and then they still have hundreds of thousands of subs on youtube or whatever and they still have a bunch of people watching their videos and it's like anytime i see stuff like that i'm like i don't think cancel culture is real yeah i, I like i don't know i feel like the cancel culture it's like hey you you just get like a vacation for a little bit and then you just come yeah. back and act like nothing I happened. Almost, I would almost say that because I've seen that happen a lot of times where people just disappear depending on the severity of what they did. They're either gone for two weeks or they can be gone for six months. And then they come back and pretend it never happened and they ban anybody who mentions it. And it just works. Yeah. It just keeps going. So I don't know. Don't know how they do it, but God damn it. Teach yeah. me the secret recipe. <laughs> so it's so weird because I feel like on one end you have people who are kind of like, oh my God, cancer culture is so overbearing and it'll get anybody. And then on the other end you have people who are actually legitimately fucking up and don't deserve fan bases and they still have them. And it's like, I don't know what to believe. Yeah, it's it, it's just all over the place, honestly, yeah. at this point. Um, So I do have like a few more questions that I have here as well. Um, One, one of the questions I had here actually um is um what what do you think would would be like the most memorable moment of that you, that either you've done or something as a content creator that i've done or been like a part of or something um i have two that come to mind because they both feel very different and i don't know which one answers your question uh the first one is we made big enough waves in the dragon ball community um where rhyme and i and i think at the time maybe a couple other people went out but like we went out and the people from japan the big wigs from bandai japan flew in uh had a translator talk to us and we gave them feedback on xenoverse one and a lot of feedback that we gave them on xenoverse one ended up in xenoverse two and they just the 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 I th- I think I don't know anything, and like I've been out of the YouTube game for a while, but I believe the relationship between Japan and YouTubers has since grown more rocky. But at the time, we had a strong thing going on, and like we were able to because we listened to what they said and we played the game like the like our viewers. We listened to what our viewers said, and we played the game so much ourselves, and we were so into that game, and we were so invested in that community that we were able to take what we liked and what we didn't like about the first game and go to them in the second game and say we want this or. If it didn't make it in the second game, it made it in a DLC patch, and we were just able to kind of be the voice, and we were able to funnel in the good things that the community was saying to the head, to the people at the top, and we were able to get a better game for the viewers, or, you know, just the people playing it in general, so we were able to bring that full circle, and I, I think that was really, that that was pretty cool. Yeah, that, um, that that's actually, like, something that, like, you wouldn't think could happen, is, like, I, f- I find like a lot of the big companies like 
it's harder for them to like get like their like viewership like feedback and all that stuff but like them actually like that that company i'm so i, I want to assume bandai yeah um, yeah yeah but the fact that like they actually like talk to you guys and was like this is what's good this is this is what's not working and and then they actually followed through with some of it it's actually really impressive to me yeah they they implemented what they could with uh you know their budget and their time constraints and, and all that stuff and yeah be, being able to get to that level to where like like i played games my whole life but to be able to influence a game like that and then influence a game like that in a community that at the time i was very very integrated and just locked into i just i, I liked it a lot mm-hmm. and yeah to be able to to be a piece of the puzzle and and you know complete that circle was that was it um the other one i was gonna say was one day i randomly got raided by uh, philip defranco on twitch uh really yeah philly d was uh this was xenoverse one i think i was playing xenoverse one when he raided me actually um I had always watched Philly D was like the first YouTuber before I even got into the, watching the Call of Duty guys. Philly D, Philly D was like the first YouTuber YouTuber I watched. He would do the the daily Philip DeFranco show. Um, I could go back and pinpoint to you the very first Philly D episode I watched if if he hasn't deleted it, and that would I would know that I started watching him the day after because I caught it daily. Anyway. So I, I'd watched Philly D for years. I haven't really caught him much in the last five or seven years or so, but at the time, I was the biggest Philly D fanatic, and I had been for years. And then one day, randomly, he was playing FIFA, and I went back to the end of his VOD and looked, and he's like, oh, there's a new uh, Dragon Ball game up. Let's see what's in that, because we were near the top of the directory in Xenoverse. And I think it was, like, Odd One, who was a professional League of Legends player, and then maybe another guy, and then me. And he just happened to pick me. And he's like, I'll raid this channel. Um, I caught the raid, and I was like, that's that's pretty cool yeah that's that's kind of just massive in general like i'll, I'll be honest i um when when i was first like streaming on twitch and you ended up rating me i kind of had that same sort of situation <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest for like the longest time you, you were like my favorite youtuber and all that shit and i was like wait this is a real thing that just happened <laughs> I always like, I don't know, it's it's weird. I always like giving back to the community, but I'm I'm at I'm at a really weird spot where like I don't like if you come into if you come into my channel and you talk about like, oh yeah, I'm doing this, especially if I don't recognize your name very well. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I can't wait to do this on my stream later. Hey guys, I'll be streaming this. Like that's obviously you know how it is, you know the yeah, etiquette yeah. and all that. Like that's a huge turnoff. But if I naturally find out that you stream, like I don't know if I'd follow you on Twitter, or if you added me and maybe I clicked your profile and scrolled or something, but one way or another I found out you were streaming, you know, you had a Twitch, you were streaming, and then I just click follow, and then I, I, I love giving back to smaller members of the community who stream like that. Yeah, I, I think you actually found out that I streamed through Ben's raid, actually. That No, that makes sense. That 100% makes yeah. sense. I, I was playing, like, Portal 2 or something at the time. He raided me, and then, and then, and then, and then you, you ended up dropping the follow. I think, I'm pretty sure that VOD is still on my YouTube channel. <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> um Yeah. The lot like the last like actual question that I have written down here is you've been growing growing out your hair for I don't know how many years, but how do you keep your hair looking so good? Uh head and shoulders is the shampoo I use. Um that's really it. Lately I sometimes I'll put it up. I didn't used to do that. Um 
And then some days I just won't brush it because I get compliments on it when I don't brush it. And I was like, all right, well, I guess that's a style. So I don't know. But yeah, it's just honest to God, the only thing I use is head and shoulders. Um, people hate this answer, but most of my hair is just I, I got it genetically, which I will probably if genetics are playing a part, I will probably be losing soon because like my dad was bald by the time he was 30. So oh, that's holding it holding out while I can. I'm <laughs> just going to hold on to the hairs. Yeah. I'm afraid to cut it short. It's like, will it grow back? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually started like growing my hair out like pretty much when COVID hit because I was like, well, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to start growing it out. And if like, you were ever going to caveman it, get the, get the beard, get the hair. Like if you were ever going to caveman, it's like COVID's here, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, like there was a while where like I just didn't like clean up like my beard or anything. But now I'm like, I kind of like make sure like I, I got, I got to trim that down at least. Um, yeah, we, we also have some, we have a Twitter question here because, cause before every single podcast, I always make sure I tweet out, Hey, we're, we're going to be interviewing X person. Uh, go ahead leave a, uh, a comment on it. So if you guys aren't following my Twitter, you guys should have said realize. Um, so the, uh, the question we have here is from. Benjamin Ten, he keeps, he, he keeps making it back. God damn it! <laughs> so his question is: What are your thoughts on Pokemon Arceus? Also, how do you think Pokemon fans are able, or Sonic fans are able to sleep at night? Uh, the Sonic fan went through me for a loop. Let me do the Arceus <laughs> one first. All right. uh, I liked Arceus a lot. Um. The game, it, it bugs me because the game absolutely needed another six months to a year in, in the old fucking, in, in the pressure cooker there. Um, they released it before it was done. Uh, it looks visually like complete fucking ass. Unless the Pokemon is doing an attack or evolving, the game looks awful, which is another huge disappointment. And people always try to tell me, like, oh, graphics don't mean anything. Uh in games, but I don't think that's 100% true. Like, obviously, if you have a good video game, you have a good video game, and that's always been the case. But, like, graphically, Arceus, or even what Sword and Shield was supposed to be, um, is the game that, like, I envisioned when I was a kid playing Pokemon Stadium 1. Like, I'd played Red and Blue, and then I saw Stadium 1, and I'm like, one day, well, I'm gonna be able to play all of Pokemon and walk through it, but with the graphics of Red and Blue, like, with the 3D and all that. Mm-hmm. And Sword and Shield came out, and it looked a hundred like it, it looked worse. I don't know, um, but this is the most powerful. This fucking thing right here is the most powerful console Nintendo's ever had. And we've seen games look good on it. Our Mario Odyssey looks good. Luigi's Mansion looks good. Like we've seen games look good on it. Yeah. So that was another disappointment. Um, I'm going through all the negatives first, then I'll get to what I like about it. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. The side quests piss me off because most of them are like really. Most of them are just boring. Don't add a lot to the story. Uh, and then on top of that, the rewards you get for them, it's like 80 to 90% of the side quests, it's like you'll get like a revive or like a star piece or like a who cares, you didn't actually have to do this side quest. But you can't ignore them because like there's 5 or 10% of the side quests that give you some really cool shit like a chimchar or a shiny ponytail or something. So I have my problems with the game. That mm. being said, Game Freak tried something new. Uh, I, think they, I think they did a, a really good job with it outside of the things I listed, uh, which a lot of that could be solved with, you know, more time in the cooker. But aside from that, I mean, I liked it a lot. I like the catching aspect. I like, uh, I like the battles. I've never felt more immersed in a Pokemon game in my life than, you know, the fact that I can run around as a trainer and, like, yell out the commands. I'm still the trainer. I'm not just the Pokemon picking the attack, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
I haven't actually beaten the game yet. And the reason I haven't beaten the game is because I got to the point in the last area where it's like you can go to the last area. I haven't gone yet. And I said to myself, I'm having so much fun with this. I want to uh, level 10 the Pokedex. I want to level 10 the whole Pokedex. And so I've got the first area done, and I've almost got the second area done, level 10. And I want to finish those out before I go to the final area in the game and then, and then beat it. But I, I do. I want to get the shiny charm. I've got like seven or eight shinies, a couple of them natural. Um, got a shiny shim try. That was badass. Uh, and I, I'm having fun with it. Um, I think they kind of built in that, like, the fun of shiny hunting and Let's Go. Because, like, that's why I stuck around with Let's Go so much. And then they made that even more fun. Um, the only concern I have going forward, because I, I hear everyone always like, oh my god, if they make a, a Pokemon Legends 2 or Arceus 2 or whatever, that's going to be the really great game, is what I see a lot of people saying. Like, that's going to be the one that they're going to put the time and effort into, because they know that this game worked. And the only reason I'm worried about that is because it's Game Freak. Mm-hmm. And Game Freak, for the last however many years, I don't know, since, since past X and Y, um, have proven that if they can do the bare minimum... They will do the bare minimum. You know what I mean? Like, to yeah. me, Sun and Moon was not a good game. Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon was just the second not a good game. Sword and Shield came out, and they cut features. And they cut Pokemon out of Sword and Shield and sold it back to people as DLC. And the game looked like ass on the best, you know, the strongest console Nintendo's ever had. Mm-hmm. And fans were still like, no, this is fine. We love this game. So, like, they can, they can get away with the bare minimum. They didn't have to make Arceus. They did that. I don't know why they did that, but I'm glad they did. Mm-hmm. But I'm just worried if they make a Legends 2, they will also put very minimal effort into that one. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping for the best. We're still supposed to get DLC for Arceus. Data miners have been digging around in that. But I, I know I said a lot of negatives, but I, I do like the game a lot, and I like the potential it has a lot. Um, and I'm looking forward to more installments in it. And at this point, I'm more excited for Arceus t- or Legends titles than I would be a mainline game. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like... Like, I pretty much have, like, the same, like, sort of issues with Arceus that you do. Like, for me, like, I like the storyline, but graphically, it's it's not up to par for, for where it should be. Because, like, I feel like they, because, like, they, they could have let it brew a little bit more, get it to, like, a, a closer quality to, like, what's the game I think of? Breath of the Wild? I haven't played it, but I've seen, I've seen the, uh, the gameplay, and, like, Graphically, it even on the Wii U, even on the Wii U, Breath of the Wild looked better. Yeah, Breath exactly. of the Wild Two is about to come out and make Arceus look so bad. It's yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, I I can't wait for that. Like I I actually want to play on um, Breath of the Wild at some point, but for me, it's like I don't I don't have the time for that. I'm too busy with all my other shit. Um, if you were going to, I would only recommend do it the way I played Breath of the Wild, and I still want to go back and finish it before two comes out. But get a, if you think your computer can handle it, I don't know what kind of computer situation you're looking at. There's a Wii U emulator out there, and you can get graphics mods for it. It puts the game in 60 frames. It makes the graphics look better in general. And then I put on a mod that make it so my weapons don't break, and I was having a blast. <laughs> Everybody hates the weapon breaking in that game. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's always a problem with, like, what, was that the only one that had weapon breaking, or did any of the older ones have that? If they did, it wasn't nearly bad enough for people to complain about it. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. a huge Zelda guy. I've, I've played, like, maybe three Zelda games, um, Breath of yeah. the Wild being one of them. Um, but it, it, was, it was awful in that game. Yeah, like, I, I tried getting into, like, Legend of Zelda a few different times. Like, I tried playing Majora's Mask. I, I couldn't do it for the life of me. I was so frustrated of, of the days resetting. That was so obnoxious to me. I hated that. <laughs> I was like, I, I think, just want to uh, play... I think if you get a Wind Waker port, I think that's that's a, what a lot of people say should be your entry to uh Yeah. 
I also played like a little bit of Ocarina of Time. Um, and then I just stopped playing for some reason. But yeah, I've heard like Wind Waker is a really good one. I've seen gameplay for that. It looks good. Um, but yeah, like back to RCS. It graphically it it could have done better. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, <clears throat> I, I had a lot of problems with it, and I feel like I feel like the Pokemon community, and you'd know more about this than me, but I feel like a lot of the Pokemon community is everything's either black and white. You either love Pokemon or you hate Pokemon, and so I, I can't start talking negatively about Pokemon without people immediately going, "Oh, this guy just hates it." He's one of those people who hates everything new in Pokemon. I'm like, no, it's not true. I tried Moon. I didn't like it. I didn't think I would like Let's Go, and I fucking loved Let's Go. I really like Pokemon Quest when that game came out, but then yeah, and I I do I, I love Arceus. I just I'm cautious moving forward with it, but like I for what it is, I love Arceus. I'm very glad because they like I said they didn't have to do anything different. What they were doing before with minimal effort on the mainline games was working. They didn't have to go make a new game, and but they did, and it was for what it was. It was is really solid. So yeah, it, it was a solid for, first attempt at at trying something new. Yeah. All right, so the second part of Ben's question, how do you think the Sonic fans are able to sleep at night? Which I don't know uh, I don't what he means Sonic by fans... that. I don't think Sonic fans feel guilt. I think that's how. Yeah, true. Like, like yeah, I that's my answer. I, I don't really know like what he was hinting at with that. I know that, no. I know that there's like the second Sonic game that's coming out, and apparently, I think I heard that there was a Knuckles TV show coming. Oh, he might be talking about how, uh, well, the second Sonic movie's coming out, but they announced the Sonic game at the last E3 or something. I don't know. They, they announced the Sonic game at some recent deal, and it's supposed to be open world. Oh, yeah. And there's rumors that there might be Chow Garden in it, but I've fallen for that too many times. Um, the Chow Garden rumor is because they say, oh, well, the person who worked on Adventure 2 that made, or, no, the person who, who created Chow is in on it. The person who created Chow was also in on Sonic Colors and Sonic Unleashed. There's no Chow Garden in those games, so I'm not holding my hope. But if it were to happen, Chow Garden in an open world makes sense because you could literally run to the Chow Garden and then, like, you know, it'd be its own thing. I'm not getting my hopes up for that aspect of it. That being said, I am getting my hopes up for, the like, the idea of an open world Sonic game. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I, I so know if he's th- talking about that, yes, I'm a Sonic fan. I'm looking forward to that game. If he's memeing the question, I, uh, Sonic fans just don't have a conscience. So nothing <laughs> bothers them. They can just sleep. True. I, I know that, like... For like a while, you were like on like a Chow Garden grind. I do remember that. Yeah, that was uh, that was the only that was basically the only non Dragon Ball thing that was successful in the main YouTube channel. <laughs> I, I made Chow Garden and it actually popped off. It's like it's a, I still get a lot of views on in that playlist to this day. It's the Sonic fans, man. They love it. Now, now if they just, can... well, Chow Gardens are just Chow Garden fans are just starving out here. <laughs> True. Sega just dropped the coolest side shit ever, and then never did it again. Yeah, and now they're like, "Please, just just give me that at least a little bit. That's all I want." The amount of money I would dump into a Chow mobile game. If they just made a Chow mobile game, Sega. Oh, like, that would be good, actually. Now that I'm thinking about I'd, it, holy! I'd pay to roll for the fucking eggs. You get you get the stats better. You go race them and shit. Like, man. You would be, there's money there they just don't want it <laughs> you would be blowing hundreds on it 100 percent. yes <laughs> unlike dokkan battle <laughs> well I, I did blow hundreds on dokkan i probably probably blew over a grand or two on dokkan battle the time i quit playing but 
I talk. I got to talk a lot of shit on that game while I was doing it, so it was fine. <laughs> yeah, you, you made you made good content with, with talking shit on it, so it was it was all for it was all good. <laughs> you you probably made that money back. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess in the long term, not immediately, mm -hmm. but over time, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So so we do have a uh, a segment that we are going to swap into. Um, it is called "One Has to Go." So pretty much, I take three three things from a certain topic, and you have to pick one that has to get shot doesn't exist anymore. Um, so like the theme I went for this one is um, it's just Dragon Ball Z sagas because I I kind of just blanked. Um, so we have the Android Cell Saga, Frieza, and Majibu. Which one gets shot? Oh, you're doing the the big ones, like the whole okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess Boo. I, d I don't wanna. I love Super Saiyan three, but yeah, mm -hmm. out of the out of the other two, it's in contention with yeah. We'll, we'll snipe the Boo saga. Yeah, like the Frieza one. It's like it's iconic, especially because of like the world record for like longest fight or something like that. I think it was like four hours or something. Well, Should that's not iconic. That's a fucking snore fest. Yeah, Frieza true. Says, Frieza says we're fighting for five minutes, and then it goes on for like twenty episodes. But <laughs> yeah, just like how every other anime does it, right? Um, and then and then the Android Cell, of course, it has your favorite character Gohan going Super Saiyan two. So there's no right. way that there's no way that that one was gonna get shot. I'm also a big Seventeen fan, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any greater moment. Possibly ever than uh, than Gohan blasting Cell back with a Kamehameha. Yeah, exactly. Like that was like just like a huge moment in Dragon Ball. People people were eating that up. Um. All right. So we do have one last segment, and then I'll be able to, to let you go. I'll be able to let you out of your cage. Um. And. And for this segment, what we like to do is we go on to Reddit and, and check out r slash would you rather. We grab three of the top ones of the month and I have you answer them. Okay. Um, so the first one, for some reason, a lot of them had this sort of theme to it and I struggled digging through them. But would you rather have a million dollars right now or a penny that doubles in size every month? Like like worth, I guess, is what it, it meant. Ooh. I've heard the penny, the penny, because it, it would take like, it would, it would only take like a couple of years before I'm good. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because like the penny. I've, I've heard I've heard a penny doubled every day for 30 days, and then the penny still winds up being more. So in theory, like if you just stretch that out to 30 months, especially from that point forward, I'm winning for the rest of life. Yeah. So that one's kind of just like a free one. I saw like there was a lot of votes for actually like the million right now. I'm like, why? Well, a lot of people might like, you know, there's a lot of yeah. people in trouble right now. Yeah, that's true. Especially if they're hanging out on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then we have the second one here, which is, would you rather fly, fly at point, point 0.5 miles per hour or swim at 200 miles per hour? I'm going to come back to that one real quick. I just okay. questioned the calculator, and yeah, after like, it's like 10 months or something, you're already looking at $100, $200, $500 a day. Yeah, yeah that one's absolutely... All right, could you, could you re-ask me this question again? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, would you rather 
fly slowly at 0.5 miles per hour or swim fast at 200 miles per hour? I really don't like I want to say swimming, but I just don't see the benefit. Like, what would I go do? Win gold medals for the rest of my life? Like, yeah, I guess. You, you'd, you'd end up beating up Michael Phelps. I think I would take the swimming. Because what what am all ever am I going to do with the flying aside from get a view? Right? I will go up. I will get a view. I can I will come back. I'm like, I can do that with a hot air balloon. True. I don't think the flying is ever any other time going to benefit me. I don't know. I, I think I take the swimming. <laughs> I mean, it might help getting through traffic, I guess. But you, you... half a mile an hour. <laughs> yeah. Traffic doesn't move it. I'm jumping off the bridge and hitting the river. I'm, I'm cutting through town. <laughs> there you go. I guess. Right. All right. So the last one, I always try to make sure one's a little bit more on an edgier side. So this one is, would you rather be caught masturbating to photos of your mom or dad or, or catch your mom, or, mom and dad masturbating to a photo of you? Oh my god, this is so fucked. <laughs> right? <laughs> I would rather catch my parent. Because if, if, if I'm doing it, then I'm the weirdo, right? Yeah. Like, oh fuck, I guess I'm a fucking, I guess I'm fucking weird. I guess I'm just, you know, put me on a list or some shit. <laughs> Got but it. if it's them, it's just like I find them and I'd be like, oh, thank God, you know, you didn't diddle me when I was younger. <laughs> that you know. Of. You, you, held, you held it back. You know, I got through. I'm an okay kid. I never <laughs> have to talk to you again if I don't feel like it. Like, we're going. Sucks, but, you know. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> For now. <laughs> and then you find out something happened when you were younger. Oh, no. So Uncle Steven came over when you were two years old. Yeah, I, I don't need that talk in my life ever. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, but but yeah, honestly, I think that's probably pretty good for the for the uh, the the uh, the podcast for this month. Uh, thank you once again, Thunder, for coming on. I do appreciate it. Can I just say this interview is a killer name for this, and uh, I like that you got your poster in the background of your your Abby. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. I've had I've had that for years. Like I have that one. In the corner there, you might not, you can kind of see it. That was, that was an, an older profile picture. And then over here is the first one that I have. Good ship. Yeah. I got, I don't even remember when I got those. I think, I think an ex got those for me. I was like, they're too cool to just burn. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so of course, if you guys want, want to check out Thunder. Uh, I'll make sure to leave a link to his Twitch in the uh, description down below. But, of course, go ahead and, and let the people know where they can find you. Uh, yeah, the Twitch is just Thundershot. Um, Twitter is Thundershot75. Uh, YouTube is Thunderplays. If you want the YouTube channel, it's, if you just prefer YouTube over Twitch, it's where I archive a lot of content over there. So people treat it more like a podcast because I upload hour, hour and a half long videos of me. They're playing games with my friends or, or playing a game by myself. But it's just, we just upload big videos every day. So if you need something thrown in the background, that's that. And other than that, keep an eye out, probably on my Twitter or anywhere, because uh, we're gonna start. If you're interested at all in Grand Theft Auto Five RP, either watching it or maybe playing it yourself, we're gonna start hyping up uh, TSRP again in the next couple months. So there you go. Appreciate that. 
yeah that, that's gonna be it for for this episode you guys can find me over on twitter instagram facebook snapchat tiktok parents just search for sanix ross most social media platforms so you'll most likely find me uh of course subs- uh, check out the youtube channel uh i stream over there three times a week and if you guys are watching over on apple or spotify i guess spotify has a rating system now rate it five stars come on do it just just do it okay uh, but yeah, that's it. That's it for the for the podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye-bye. Later.